Welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Darby Toth, a Technical Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. On today's episode, we have an exciting AMP discussion with Melissa, our own Paul Souza, and Dairyman Dave Renner, as well as a market report from Tiffany LaMandola. Let's jump right into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com/safety. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. It was another encouraging one in the dairy markets. Block cheese closed at 192. Uh, we did lose a little bit weeks end, um, a little bit more offers showing up in Chicago. Barrel cheese really rallied up to 196, so now above blocks, uh, up three and a quarter cents on Monday. Butter uh, still at 272.50. There too, we did lose a little on Friday, down six and a quarter cents, and definitely more loads offered in Chicago. Nonfat dry milk, however, took up the slack in the Class Four complex up to 181.50. And whey holding fairly steady at 77 cents. So um, all in all, milk price is looking to be in much better shape. The forward curve is at historically high levels, posting you know, $20, $21 prints all the way through 2022. So if you haven't done anything to um, capitalize or take advantage of those markets, uh, reach out. I can uh, definitely help you. Um, looking at next week, the markets are closed on Monday. There is a global dairy trade event on Tuesday, um, and we won't get another look at milk production uh, prospects until later in the end of the month. We'll get the milk production report as well as cold storage on January 24th. So all eyes right now are going to be on GDT Tuesday and uh, any signs of milk production turning around here in the U.S. as producers potentially respond to these higher prices. Um, given escalated feed costs, that will limit, I think, that response some. There are also some base programs here and there across the U.S. Um, so we'll have to see uh, any indication of that. We won't uh, get until the, the 24th of the next look at the report. Please reach out with any questions. Have a great week. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. like to welcome to the show today our Director of Environmental Affairs, Paul Souza, and a producer up in Ferndale and a good friend of mine, Dave Renner. Thank you both for joining us today. You're welcome. Sure, Melissa. Always great to be on again. So we, this is kind of a different format. We don't typically have you on with a guest, Paul, but today we're talking about something that I think warranted a little producer input. We're talking about the um, AMP program, the Alternative Manure Management Program which is funded through CDFA. And it sounds like it's coming back for um, an application period, early spring or maybe even late winter this year. So we thought it'd be great to have Dave on as someone who is kind of right in the middle of 
executing an AMP grant on his facility up here in Ferndale. So again, thanks both for being here to talk about this. And um, maybe Paul, before we jump in with Dave, you could cover a little bit about the program and what we know so far about the upcoming application yeah. period. Sure, yeah, and it's great to have Dave on to get that you know, on the ground firsthand experience. I do work a lot with this, but um, you know, I'm not the one hiring the contractors or seeing the project go up on my facility. And so um, I'm really interested in what Dave has to say about his experience about the application process and then uh, working with CDFA once the grant was awarded. Uh, so yeah, C uh, CDFA got $32 million in this fiscal year uh, for AMP and digesters together that was part of an $80 million package spread over two fiscal years. So we know we've got money this fiscal year, 32 million. There is also 48 million for the next fiscal year of the state. Uh, so this year they're gonna run the 32 million. Uh, the legislation that um, uh, provided that money said that priority would be given to AMP. Uh, that isn't very clear what that means. And even CDFA has not been uh, very clear what that means, but there is gonna be some priority uh, for AMP projects over digester projects. Uh, as Melissa mentioned, I'm working a lot with CDFA on this, and uh, they're telling me that they expect to release applications sometime in mid-February. Uh, those applications might be due at the end of March is the expectation right now. Again, that's nothing firm. That's just kind of, um, you know, ideas that CDFA has. Uh, I want to go into the goals of AMP a little bit because this is important. Uh, the goal is to keep manure out of the lagoon, um, to get funded, there has to be less manure going to the lagoon once you build your project than there is today on your dairy. Uh, that's because manure forms methane when it decomposes in the lagoon or a liquid environment. And the goal of AMP is to reduce those methane emissions. And so examples of projects that uh, dairies have applied for uh, and would qualify for include solid manure separators to take out some of that solid manure from the flush or, or scrape uh, stream going to the pond. Uh, practices that keep cows off of the flush lane longer, like spending more time on pasture. If there's some improvement you can make to your pasture so you can keep the cows on there longer unless that manure is collected in a pond. Uh, a compost bedded pack barn, uh, moving cows from flush uh, free stalls to compost bedded pack barns. Um, conversion from flush to scrape and then handling that scraped manure in a dry fashion, uh, for example, solar drying it. Uh, this year, uh, CDFA has added a couple of new practices. Uh, including advanced solid separation using flocculants. Uh, these are chemicals that help you get a much higher percentage of the solids uh, in the manure. And also vermifiltration, which is uh, worm beds uh, to help process that manure, the liquid manure before it goes to the pond um, and destroy those volatile solids that would otherwise form methane. So that's what it's about. Um, I think from that, we'll jump into uh, Dave's experience um, and my thought is with the applications and, um, you know, let, we can start there. Yeah, and Paul, just really quickly, one, one thing we always hear like, oh, we're going to launch this grant period and everyone sort of waits with bated breath. One thing that really indicates that it's coming quickly is they recently awarded the TSP grants. And so Western was awarded one of those grants. We're really happy to be able to serve. Uh, quite a number of dairymen hopefully this year during that grant application period but because those have been released we're pretty sure that that grant is coming like very soon it's not just kind of a pie in the sky deadline yeah so you know we submitted an application and cdfa was pretty clear about telling us you know we got a grant to uh, invest time in helping people with applications and cdfa was pretty clear about here's the time you should be setting aside 
to be doing this work, so. Great, well, speaking of timelines, um, and when we were talking offline, Dave, we mentioned that the last time the grant application period was open for this was also a late winter, early spring time period. And that's when you guys applied for the AMP grant and were later awarded in the, the summer. Dave, can you talk to us a little bit about what first piqued your interest about the AMP program? Well, uh, we had kind of an aging facility there, and I know other uh, dairies have done it, and I've, it was, I've never really liked the stall barn, just for cow comfort. There's a, a lot of uh, maintenance and just keeping them bedded correctly, and uh, the type of material we used, and so, and the cows, a lot of times, young cows won't use the stalls, and so the whole idea of these pack barns, when I first heard about them, uh, was interesting and was funny. The first time I had any, any idea was I was in a back in Wisconsin. This was about in 08 and uh, we toured a dairy and the guy had one and uh, he kind of unique and I really liked the idea. So when this came along, I wanted to take a good look at it. So I got a hold of the NRCS and they helped me with the uh, the application thing. I got online and and I, I spent a, a lot of time thinking about, you know, the grant and putting how does it work, how the, this, the system's gonna work on the farm and uh, little things to try to try to help you, you get accepted because, you know, you're out there competing with this for other, with other dairies. And so, you know, it's like uh, stuff, the, the bedding and what's gonna happen to this bedding because there's a source of this bedding here, it's uh, fur shavings. And what's gonna happen to them if they don't stay here in the area? Well, they gotta get tripped, trucked out of the area and it saves fuel. I mean, I, I put all kinds of little things like that into the grant and well, anyway, we got accepted, but I spent a lot of time thinking about it, John notes down and then I got some help with actual verbiage. So it didn't sound like it was written completely by a farmer. So <laughs> um, anyway, that's the end. It really piqued my interest because I never did like the stall barn. It just right. never did. And one thing you said, Dave, that I, I think really hits home to me is you did the research and kind of thought a lot about it and realized it, it fit nicely on your facility. And one thing we always say about these grants, it's not just about going out and getting grant money for something that doesn't make your life a little bit easier. If it's something that's going to add a bunch of management or add a need for another employee, that's probably not the right kind of project. But this was a project that kind of fit nicely into how your facility was already operating, it sounds like. Yeah, because we're, you know, our pasture-based organic dairy. And um, you can only, unless you transport in a liquid form, you know, with wagons and stuff, um, the material from the, where it's generated here, mainly on, on, around the milking facility, the other parts of the of the properties and so keeping it in this pack composted form i'm able to take it to the furthest distance from the you know from the facility and you know it's dry a pretty convenient way of doing it and so also part of this whole program they had it what they call the healthy soils and right. so by doing this we're actually doing the other uh pro project too because we are enhancing the, the soil on the farm Absolutely. And I was remiss, Dave, in not introducing your dairy a little bit. I've worked with Dave's um, family for a long time, and you milk about 350 cows here in Ferndale on the North Coast. So the weather conditions and all of those things really dovetailed 
all nicely together when it came to this project. And sorry about not introducing that a little yeah, bit better. But, yeah, we're a pretty, pretty wet climate. You know, we get like 45 inches or, or better rain a right. year, uh, mostly right about now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, so Dave, once you guys really settled on a, on a practice that worked for your dairy and, and decided to apply for the AMP grant, you mentioned that you worked with a, a few different entities to, to do that application. It's a complex application process. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that was and what you suggest to other producers that may be thinking about it ahead of them starting? Well, I would get some help from somebody who who's been through it before or has been through any kind of a grant writing because yeah. there's kind of an art to it. And, you know, like I said before, you're competing for these funds. And uh, so you just want to make sure that, you know, you get all your I's dotted and T's crossed as far as just making it appeal and to what it was. It, it took, like I said, I'd be out on a track or something. I'd be thinking about this. I jot something down and then put it together. And then Francis and Summer helped me, you know, okay. And then they'd add something to it. And so it was, you're not going to sit down and do it in a couple hours. That's for sure. Right. And Francis and Summer, just for the audience, are um, they were the technical service providers through our uh, resource conservation district here in Humboldt County. They were great. They were a TSP at the time Dave applied. And, and that's one thing to really hit home is working with a technical service provider who is well aware of the grant writing process is a really good idea. They, You're right. It is an art. There's a language and, and just little secrets kind of they know that help smooth out the application a little. Yeah, I think this is a good point about, um, I, I think some things that producers have is they're used to working with NRCS. You work in, you walk into your NRCS office and you have an idea for something you want to do and they complete the application for you, process for you. You kind of tell them, this is what I want to do. And they, you know, fill that out. This is totally different. You're all on your own, of, of course, with somebody to help you, but uh, like a technical service provider, but CDFA doesn't help you. You submit applications that you develop from scratch and then CDFA ranks those and, and you compete against other producers for who gets the funding. So you need to look at those points categories and you know really go after, Dave mentioned this uh, and he thought about that, um, it is very competitive. And so um, if you're gonna get the funding, you really need to uh, look at each of those categories of points and really do your best to try to get as many points as you can in each category. But it is a, it's a lot of work um, and it is a bit complex. And that's just something producers need to know. You can't, you know, a week before the deadline think, you know, I'm gonna throw this together and we'll have an application. It doesn't work that way. You really need to think about some time, um, you know, to, to put all this together. Yeah, well, I, you know, I got a hold of a contractor and got their inputs on putting up the buildings. Um, and uh, the permitting stuff started ahead of one of the, the uh, boxes to check on the, uh, uh, grant application, you have your your permits in place. And so it's a big plus if you can say, yeah, I've got the, the permits that process started. It's just it's going through the system. And so they look forward to that because they, you know, it's like a two year process and they want to get the things up and going. Yeah. And you also, you know, you can have building season constraints too on your yeah. project. So, especially in Humboldt uh, County. <laughs> especially in Humboldt. Definitely. And Dave, the application process is a, is a, almost a part or full-time job in itself. But then once the application is granted, which 
I think typically happens 90 to 120 days after applications are submitted. It kind of varies from year to year depending on CDFA and, and um, who is scoring the applications. But once it's granted, you hit the ground running with the project. And um, Dave, you and I have talked a lot. You did experience a few delays based on a couple of different things. But um, can you talk a little bit about your experience managing that grant and through CDFA, what their responsiveness has been when challenges have come up, things like that? All the, the folks at CDFA have been great. Yeah. Um, willing to help. You know, the, the COVID thing, they've been working remote, so sometimes things are a little bit slow, but uh, that lady Sylvia down there has really stepped up to the plate and really helped. And, uh, so, you know, it's just a matter of process. If you go, well, okay, there <clears throat> are emails and everybody's checking. So, and I do the same thing. I go, oh, I got an email two days ago. I didn't realize <laughs> it. Everything goes back and forth with emails. And so once you, uh, you know, you get your, as the project progresses and, and you start getting your billing, you know, it, it can take a while to get the funding on it. So you need to have some other uh, <clears throat> funding sources available, whether it's on your own or, or uh, you know, a line of credit or something, because there can be some delays in getting it just because of the process. Right. And one of the things we talked about, Dave, it took a little longer for your building, the actual building to arrive. It, it gets shipped to you in pieces and the contractor puts it together. Um, when there was a delay, CDFA was good about working with you, but the key there, I think, is communication. You have to be upfront with them, like, here's what's happening, here's the communication we've had with the company, things like yeah, that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We ordered it, and when we first talked to the contractor, he said, it usually takes about 60 days from the time we, you know, we put the order in, and then they'll give us a, a schedule to build it, but it's usually pretty quick and and we ordered this building in late february and showed up here on the 15th of november and so that that was a way longer than they had but it was just well with everything else going on in the country you know it's uh building duties and evidently there's a lot of new orders coming in they said that the the building companies really booked up on their and I'm sure if you went to another company, they'd say the same thing, but yeah. we're working our way through it. And as long as, you know, the uh, CDFA was willing to help and they understand it. They, they, you know, everybody's experiencing these things in their everyday life, not just yes, uh, yeah. project on a farm. Yeah. Shipping delays, all kinds of different things. We're all learning to adapt to that new normal, I guess, but yeah. frustrating when it's a $200,000 building that's, that's nine or 10 months behind schedule for sure. And that's been my experience. Uh, Dave's experience with CDFA after you get the grant has been the same thing that I've heard from people that I've worked with. Um, I am involved heavily in the application. Uh, I also help people afterwards if, you know, I get invoicing questions sometimes. But my experience has been that process with CDFA is so smooth that it's rare that somebody calls me. But sometimes they'll call me, you know, hey, I don't understand how to do the invoice. But then they kind of get started on it and they see hey, you know, this isn't too bad. I can handle this. So my experience post-award, you know, when people start building the project and, you know, yeah, they need to convey a delay in the project or submit invoices. Um, I, I haven't had to jump in and help a lot because that process does seem to be going smoothly with CDFA. That's my experience also. Absolutely. So Dave, really quick to just kind of wrap up the discussion, um, 
you, it's not been a bad process. It sounds like it's been pretty smooth. It's a lot of work, definitely a lot of work. Um, it takes away from what you're doing a little bit every day on the dairy, but it sounds like it's, I'm excited to, to see the finished product on your dairy. It's going to be a worthwhile project. Any advice you have for other dairies who are interested in the AMP grant or anything you would tell them to maybe work on ahead of time so that it makes the process a little bit easier? Well, do a lot of thinking about it. Think about what you want to do and all the different, and you'll, you'll maybe you get something, you know, don't get blinders on and uh, ask for help on your project because you might find out there's something that will work better than what you had in mind. But that's pretty much it. I mean, they, like I said, the people with, in Sacramento have been really good to work with. Uh, it is a big project. Don't get intimidated by it. When you start looking at, you know, government application forms, you go, oh, good grief, you know, but, <laughs> you, you know, picking your way through it and uh, get somebody to help you. And I think you guys have been through it before. So you, I think uh, Western United would be a good source to, uh, to come to. Definitely. And, and I think that's a, that is, we've all were at those early meetings that they put on, CDFA put on with the, they would put the example of the application up on the PowerPoint. And I was just like going a little cross-eyed, just looking at it, knowing I wasn't the one that had to fill those out. So it can be intimidating, but I think um, with a good thought process and leaning on your resources is key. Get NRCS, draw them in, get the help. when it, where I, I, I know when, uh, Francis and Summer called me to tell me that that they got it uh, accepted. They were more excited than I was because yeah. it was a big job for them. They have a lot of help and yeah. And so anyway, it was, it was we're working our way through it. We're getting close to the end of it. So anyway, I'm real excited to get the thing up and running. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to come out for a tour next week, Dave, and take a look. And those cows are going to be pretty happy the rest of the winter. I think in that yeah, barn. I think so. Great. Well. Before we wrap up, Paul, maybe you could share a couple of reminders for dairies that are interested in, in applying for AMP and maybe just a quick note on how Western United could help. Yeah, sure. So as we mentioned, uh, Western United got a technical service provider grant from CDFA to help people fill out these applications. Uh, we've helped in every round of AMP. Uh, early on, I wasn't a technical service provider, but I still helped our members. And then we got to be a technical service provider in later rounds. Uh, so I've been through every round of AMP and have been awarded uh, projects. Uh, you know, some of the ones I've worked on have been awarded in every round. Not all of them get awarded because it is very competitive. Um, you know, I, I get some of them awarded, but not all. And so that's something to remember when you're going into it. Um, I would say get on the list. So I've already got a list, uh, probably about a dozen dairies that have already told me, hey, I'm interested in working with you. Um, so if you're interested, uh, get on that, you know, let us know, Melissa or myself, and get on the list uh, so that we can help you. There's going to be a point where um, we max out and we can't help more people just because of, you know, uh, there's only so many of us and so much time. Uh, so uh, we are making a list and there will be a time where, you know, we say, hey, this is all we can handle. And if you come to me and this has happened, uh, you know, a week or two before the deadline and say, hey, you know, I want to do this application, most likely I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I mean, a week before the deadline, I am pulling my hair out, uh, you know, with a dozen or so applications and, um, you know, really trying to balance my time. Uh, and so it is first come, first serve on that help. Not everybody necessarily gets help, but if you could come to me early, uh, get on the list, um, then we can help you. Uh, we've talked about, you know, that application process can seem daunting. 
uh, both David and Melissa mentioned that. Um, it, you know, when you look at it, it can seem that way, especially the methane calculator. It's pretty technical. Um, I, you know, that's kind of my specialty. I really understand that thing inside and out. Um, it, it can be done, but it definitely you need to give yourself time, um, kind of break it down piece by piece and, um, you know, work on it and, and you can get it done. Um, I would suggest starting early and uh, Dave, you know, gave a great example of this. Start thinking about what you want. You need to think about, um, you know, what do I want to get? There, AMP funds multiple things. Where do I want it on my dairy? What company do I want to go with? You know, if it's a mechanical separator, for example, just to pick one, you know, do you want to go with brand Y or brand X? Uh, what model do you want? Where's it going to go on the dairy? Um, get a design and get a bid or multiple bids. Um, you need to get those prices. That's part of the application. I do want to mention part of the popularity of this is that AMP will award up to $750,000 with no match requirement. Uh, you can put in match if you'd like. Uh, but, you know, there, there's no other deal like that out there. Um, you know, NRCS, nobody else is providing something, um, $750,000. If, you know, you don't want to put anything in, you don't have to put anything in. And if you get funded, you know, that's just a great deal. So uh, that has really generated a lot of interest in the AMP program. Uh, folks have become familiar with it. They know a neighbor, they know somebody that's applied and been awarded. I've seen that kind of, you know, from every round um, you know, the interest grows because, hey, I see some construction going on in my neighbor's place. You know, what I, I went and talked to them and they got an AMP grant and what's this about? How can I apply? So there is a lot of interest out there. Um, get started early and let us know early so we can put you on the list and work with you. Definitely. And I've had a lot of calls already. I think I've referred a couple people to Paul and I think it's going to be a good round of funding. 32 million is a lot of money. There's going to be some good projects this year. And I would also say if a dairy producer has applied in the past and they haven't been accepted, I don't think that should scare you away. I think like, let's give us a call. Let's rethink the project. Let's see why you didn't get accepted. Unfortunately, the one complaint I do have about CDFA is sometimes they're a little vague on those projects that they don't fund about why. But I think we can kind of read into a lot of what the advice that they give and figure out like what would improve this project, what would make it a little bit better. And we're happy to talk through those situations as well. Don't be afraid to try again because we do have several projects that applied a second time and were funded. Yeah, I've had quite a few of those. Uh, didn't get awarded the first time. Yeah, you get you know feedback from CDFA, but it's like two sentences and it's kind of vague, but um, it kind of you know points you in a general direction. And then they went back and they strengthened their application and got funded on the second or third time. So um, it's definitely worthwhile, you know, if you get awarded. Um, I, I want to mention again, though, it is not a sure thing. Um, right. You know, $32 million does seem like a lot of money, but the interest in this program has far outstripped that. And so unfortunately, there are a lot of dairies that get denied and they don't get denied because they didn't have a good application. Um, I think in the last round, there were 72 AMP applications and I'm going from memory here, so I might get this wrong. And they ended up funding like 13. So a lot of people got denied, not because they didn't have a good project, but because it just, you know, that's how much they, they funded what they had. And, um, you know, a lot of people didn't get funding. And so yeah. um, I, I want people to keep that in mind. It, it, you, you might make the investment of time and it's not a sure thing that you're going to get it. But the way that you help yourself is to make sure you have a good competitive application. You know, this throwing it together at the last minute, it, 
you know, is kind of a waste of time because the odds are you're not going to get funded and then you made that investment and you didn't get the funding. If you're going to go for it, you really need to be committed to it, commit the time, uh, commit the effort to make sure you do a good job with that application. Yep. Yeah, well, we've seen a couple of those. So definitely um, reach out. Paul is available, uh, paul at wudairies.com. You can always email myself. And if you need some advice from a producer that's been through it, we will connect you with Dave and he can, he can tell you the rest of the story. But thank you both for joining us today. Dave, we really appreciate your time. I know it's, it's a busy week out there trying to get this project finished. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, and, and if, if somebody wants to you know, call me, ask some more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I'm more than willing to, to to feel some calls or something, so. Awesome, thanks, Dave. That's why we love this industry. Yeah, and I really appreciate you being on and giving that producer perspective of, you know, dealing with the contractor, dealing with CDFA directly. I think that is very worthwhile and it's a different perspective than I have. So I, I think that's very helpful to our members. Absolutely, well, thanks both. We'll uh, talk to you soon. And you're both welcome back anytime. Paul will be looping you in next week for some more talk about trucks, I think. <laughs> Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. And a special thanks to our guests today, Tiffany Lamandola of Blimling & Associates, Paul Souza, and Dave Renner. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Seen and Heard on your favorite podcasting platform. And for questions, comments, or content requests, reach out to Melissa Lima, mlima at wudairies.com, or Darby Toth, D-A-R-B-Y, at wudairies.com anytime. Thanks, and we hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. As always, we want to thank our participants. And on today's episode, that was Paul Souza, Dairyman Dave Renner, and Tiffany LaMondola of Blimling. Remember, you can always reach out to us with any questions or comments at wud.pod at gmail.com. Melissa can be reached at mlema at wudairies.com, and I can be reached at darby at wudairies.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform, and have a great week. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. 
If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Thank you.